Welcome to Codex West at night. Starring Jacob Lively. And welcome back to the Codex West podcast. Uh, we are going to do another Codex West at night. at night episode. And as always with our at night episodes, I'll be joined by my co-host Johnny Paglino and a bottle of vodka. The vodka has a lot to say. I'm just, I'm just the the the, the vessel. As the night goes on, the vodka gets mouthier. <laughs> yeah, it's, it needs to shut its mouth, but it won't. Especially on this special eve. Uh, we're going to be talking about dating, among other things. Oh my things. god, it's so sexy. For, I just put it together that dating and Codex West at night is like... Sexy. That's mm, sexy. It's going to get... This is the adult swim of Codex West. It truly is. <laughs> get the sips in now, baby. we got to get the sips going. Get I'm the a sips while you can. So, um, so yeah, dating. Uh, let's just go right into it. Cause what I did, have... Yeah, what did... Like, uh, you really were like... Um, Oh, we've been we've been planning this for like almost a month now since the 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 hiatus. Right, and you seem very motivated by this. I think originally I was. I uh, kind of forgot what my motivations were as <laughs> as time passed. But I think the question that I'm most interested in answering is, uh, like, what is how important is companionship in 2018? Like, what? Why are we dating still? Why are people still doing that? Um, sorry, I had to take my headphones off. They're too creaky. <laughs> so companionship in 20, like, why do you need why, it? Yeah. Why you, are we, what is the I don't know. objective of dating? Are you, you're not, I'm like in the, I'm not, well, I'm in the situation. I feel like, um, what was, I was, when I was in my epic hike today, mm-hmm. I was thinking of like, you know, you know, my dog is my companion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people would think that maybe that's not enough because like you want someone who's like on your intellectual level yeah. or something. But I mean, Kaiser's right there with you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> He's either a genius or I'm a, you know, <laughs> but um, like language. T- OK, so I, let me take this. This is going to go really wide and then we can narrow this down to like some normal. But, you know, like yeah, a lot yeah. of podcasts are like, what's the benefits of polygamy? Like, can we be polyamorous? Yeah, or something? I'm, not, I'm not trying to answer necessarily any like questions like that. I just like want to get to the I, I don't think people really why. examine why they do a lot of things and dating like the, the whole ritual of dating and relationships in general. It yeah. seems to me like that's sort of just. People have this idea of like that's just the way things are. So okay, the, that's like the most unquestioned social norm I, I think of all time. It's crazy. Like I like unrelated to like I didn't think we were gonna record this today, uh-huh. and I was already thinking of like these questions. Um, I want I'm gonna take this really wide, like I said, and then it'll Go make sense it. with dating because yeah, yeah. dating is like you know a ritual or just like a expedition to find a type of companionship, but like, um. I have this like idea that I've been really looking into that's language is like inherently necessarily compassionate because um, when you like the only reason why you use language is because you have a desire to like 
get knowledge from something someone else right. who's capable of receiving it right and so desire passion like these things are like related like Built we, into, yeah yeah and like like it, like even people who go on silent retreats for like years will say that like even though they're not using like verbal language they're still communicating with yeah others, yeah and so it's it's sort of to me compassion is something that's like essential to being a human mm -hmm. you know it's like the most un in, the most uncompassionate thing you could do is suicide i think which is like a weird way of going about it i'm saying all of this because um the types of companions like how do i put this if the main thing about language is communicating because you have you need to yeah essentially um you can find that in so many different ways. Um, I was just thinking about like uh, people who like are very, what's the word? Like they're very like the rugged cowboy. Yeah. Who like rejects the idea that like, you know, it's like, there's a gentleman that I work with named Ryan. And uh, one of the first conversations that I ever had with him, he was, uh, he, this is at the end of the shift. He was watching me text somebody and he says, Stop talking to bitches. Go, go to the mountains, buy a dog and a gun. <laughs> so I think that's the person you're talking about. Uh, yeah, something like that where um, you, there's this – well, I'm dealing with it myself where like right now in <laughs> right now in therapy, the thing I'm working on is like this self-image I have that I think is just fundamentally wrong where it's like I really like esteem myself but like almost the the I end up in this place where I'm imagining like the life I should have that's mm. like I can't even like create goals to it it's like so like I should be this like famous celebrity rock star blah, blah. I should be like the most important you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. things that are just so ridiculous because like you can't like step by step get to it it's right. just like there's this luck element and because it didn't work in your favor, it's starting to mess with me really deeply. And so I'm starting to think like, what is it that I really want to do? And it seems like contributing to like the human experience is like what all of us should ought to be doing sure, in yeah. a way. Um, and so like the, you know, it's like, I want to make music. I don't need it to like be super popular. It's just like, I'm just contributing to the people in my life yeah. or something. I'm saying all of this because this is just like these wide kind of ideas I had that like I think haunt me in the dating world where it's like I should have like the hottest best girlfriend because I'm like obviously the most important person in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but like really what it is, it's like that's just like a, that would be a validation of like how special I am in sure, my mind. Sure, that makes right? sense. Yeah. And it's so, almost but, like a token of like uh, or some sort of reward for achieving excellence exactly it's right and like really we all good. have like trophy fucks yeah, yeah, yeah that's like i don't like that i don't think that's like a masculine thing either like i think that's no across the so, board yeah. like people it's just like i got the fuck that guy or i got the fuck that you know what i mean yeah and, um that is like something that is the norm for me mm -hmm. it's like if you don't if you don't make me feel like I am like a higher status, then it's like not worth your time. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. That's been a huge problem in my life that I've been working on. Um, and so br bringing it like, think about these wide concepts of like, what is it I even want to do in the world? 
I want to like, you know, just do the basic contribution to like the, you know, to people or to beings. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I'm trying to bring into the way I think about women and dating, which is like, it shouldn't ever really be about like the superficial things. It should just be or like status. I think that's like probably just like the most unhealthy because I've definitely been there as well. Like it's not a, it's not like a good way to think about things where a person becomes a status symbol in any way. Right. I think it's, it's also like, it becomes like it's sort of self-defeating because like at some point it's, it stops meaning anything. You know, you're not oh, like yeah. impressing anybody anymore. Who are you yeah. impressing? Yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, like <laughs> no one actually gives if you were shit, to like, like show me like this hot girl, I would be like, you got lucky. Not like exactly. you it's are like, better now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, um, I think this relates back to a, a really big problem that like we have living the day, which is celebrity has been so exaggerated because of media mm-hmm. that we like all have this sense of like, oh, I'm better than that celebrity, which is sort of like tangential to I should be one. Yeah. Which in like in celebrity in this case is like un fathomable status like even the celebrities themselves have no idea their reach yeah these reach like we cannot fathom the reach because we can't like it would be literally impossible to think about like every person's life there's just not enough time in the world to think about the millions of people even like that shitty, someone like, reaches instagram celebrities have like this that, absurd like millions yeah. of people see their pic it's a it's insanity and because celebrities been like seemingly been democratized it yeah. seems like oh i should be one because yeah, obviously, yeah. but it it still is like those are still just like even though it's been like you know there's an explosion of people who become famous it's still just a little pocket of yeah. the billions of people on earth and like you know some celebrities reach all of them and that's just like you literally don't have the time like it would be impossible to concept that like yeah you just so it's, even, it's not even worth thinking about right and that reach is unfathomable and you're still trying to negotiate that with like how special you are and that like cripples a lot like (laughs) this was something that when i was in iceland the this girl uh like we had a tour guide Mm -hmm. or not like it was like more like an adventure guide which sounds stupid but it was amazing because she just like there were no rules or you know she just like took us on the glacier like you know showed us like we went to like a horse field yeah yeah it wasn't like so um when i talked to her she was like a banker and then when the market crashed, she just left. And she was like, "I the only reason why I was a banker was because I felt this need to, like, be special, mm-hmm. like, in, in, like, society or something. And I just said, fuck it. And she just left. And was, you know, she just, like, started ice climbing in Iceland by herself. She left a fiance, uh-huh. like, the possibility of kids, like, all this sort of shit. Yeah. And she was like, the, the idea of celebrity was what, like, tortured me the most. And, like, I needed to do something radically, like, solitudinous to get out of it yeah and um i don't know i'm just sharing like how like i think celebrity sort of like gets into the dating world because i felt it too where like girls like we're hitting it off it's great but they sense some part of me that's like trash or lower or something (laughs) you know you can get that sense where they're like i'm better i'm hotter than you Yeah, yeah yeah and then they just like you know renege on like all of the signals that they (laughs) gave yeah. yeah Which is fine. I mean, like, you know, I'm not saying that they, sh- like, anyone need, like, should be sleeping with you. Yeah, let's at any, let's you calm know. down, Aziz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about all this? What's your experience? Um, I think my experience is a lot different than yours because 
when I, so my dating experience has been, there've been, I think two or there's been three girls in my entire life that I've slept with that I knew like at it from real life scenarios. Like I knew them. Oh, right. Oh, every single other girl that I've ever been in a relationship with or slept with or like dated, I'm using air quotes here, um, has been through Tinder or some other like dating Uh app. So the interesting thing about that is that there's already like a mutual understanding of what's going to happen going into the encounter. It's not like it's completely unlike going to a bar or a club and there's like some kind of, there's not like, I know what you're saying, but like the uh, tension is so much lower because there's no risk. It's like, I can talk to a hundred girls in one day and one of them can like be into it. And I have risked nothing and lost nothing except for like a small amount of time. How can I ask a question? Sure. How, um, what was like the quickest conversation you had that led to a hookup? Uh, I think I was in Florida. I was visiting, like it was one of the, maybe around the holidays or in the summer. I can't remember. And uh, one of my good friends, Vanessa, had. I was going over to her apartment. Uh huh. Um, and she had fallen asleep, and her door was locked, so I couldn't get in. <laughs> so within an hour, I had gotten on Tinder, uh, synced it up to like the area that I was in yeah and then found somebody who was like a USF student and with like within an hour I was at their dorm having sex right with them. okay I'm, that's like the speed at which to me that's like a, that's like going to a bar to me in my mind is like I know it's not but like the the level of like so like when you go to a bar like it's pretty obvious who's trying to like go home with you or not right I wouldn't know okay so that's how it works <laughs> it's like you go in like to me I think the like the most the city I've been in that's the most obvious is San Francisco. When you go in and girls are literally just giving you the signals. Yeah, sure. Or they're not. Yeah. I, Which okay, is great. I, get, I, get I mean, that, yeah, yeah, it's like, I think it's like great communication. Like, I'm not sure if it's always that obvious, but having not like been in those situations casually. Yeah. So, so, but like, uh, you're not really talking. It's like so many of the hookups I've had are just from dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. that is. It's or just like doing something really sly or like overconfident. But um, well, that's a, the thing about Tinder is that like you, pre, you're already presenting an image of yourself that like if you're good at it, which over time I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been using like, Tinder for almost five years now. Like, yeah, at this point, I understand how to use it. If you're good at like mastering your own image you can present something that is all of those things without ever having to actually do anything. There's already presumptions and uh-huh. like you create situations where the other person can like kind of fantasize about the kind of person that you are yeah. without putting any effort in. See, I think that's like, I guess what I'm getting at is when you're in a physical situation, doing the physical thing, the physical iteration of what's happening on tinder sure yeah right it's they're it's definitely like parallel yeah. if not equivalent there's there yeah they're definitely not equivalent because i think um when i like the way i present myself in public is just i have so much more mastery of it i think yeah then i do like when i when i go on tinder i've never never like mm. succeeded in tinder but um i want to present myself in the way that i I want to be seen to the world really Mm -hmm. not. And then I, it's like really put together and it's probably like really like preppy and not preppy, but like, you know what I mean? Like Like, to try hard or something like that. Like probably like a little bit. Yeah. I'll admit that. But like, you know, 
I'm, it's pristine and yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not like the the thing about when you cultivate an image, it has to be, especially like on the internet. Uh-huh. This, I think this applies to anything. It has to be a little messy. Like you have to like there has to be even if you like are a perfect human being, you have to present like an aspect of humanness or like some fault in yourself because otherwise it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, what you were saying about like how celebrity or like uh you know sex can be like a status symbol if somebody thinks that you're too good for them they're not they're also not going to talk to you you that's so true no i think this is great because there's been like so i don't like this is really interesting i was gonna say it's like really bad of me but i don't want to really moralize it because west at night but I have Tinder always on my phone, and mm-hmm. I never really. I always use it to swipe through people. Like I think it's a meditative action to like. I don't disagree, swipe. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm not looking for anything to actually work. It's just okay. I want to just see how people present themselves. Yeah, and totally. The super perfect ones are like. It's just like I'm not going to waste my yeah. time. Yeah. Like it's just the, there's it all it automatically seems as though like the possibility is so low of there being like mutual attraction there uh-huh. that you just don't even want to bother. Yeah, and, and that's it, it's the same effect as seeing like the unbelievably hot girl at the club or whatever that just you know she can walk out with any guy. So like, yeah, at some point you unless you're like in unless you're completely in the zone at some point you ask yourself why bother. But it also kind of seems naive, and I I now thinking about this, it makes me feel like when someone's looking at my profile that it's just way too put together mm-hmm. and it's, but the problem is is i don't necessarily want to change how i present on the internet because um i think the internet is like this great way to really sit down meditate and think about exactly how you want to be in front of anyone who could see you mm-hmm. right and so to me yeah. it's like this ultimate opportunity to present your intellect and obviously that's not gonna work on tinder but it's like i'm so trained in that yeah kind of presentation that when it translates to a dating app it's like clearly that was never gonna work yeah but i don't have i don't know it's like it feels wrong like, to me to like mess words up or like because to that's look not a how you messy. like initiate in real life you know like tinder definitely i mean it it still follows like the basic rules of like conversation. Yeah. Where you don't, you, you don't enter a conversation. But like, that's what's so crazy about it. Right. It's like when you, like you walk into a room full of people at a dinner party that you don't know, it's not like you look at them and you get an image of how, like you don't get like four images of them. Not in at text, all. Yeah. Right. You're coming <laughs> you in with, actually yeah. Talk to them yeah to it's like the, the way that like, you know, Tinder like has a philosophy on like personage in a way like, okay. Um, you're yeah they only give you so many like photos you can choose unless you i guess you link to instagram or whatever but you have like the the main photo and some text yeah as if like that is like how people present themselves in real life it's not or like even anywhere else on the internet it's just like a very specific you know it's like that's why like bumble is different like all these dating apps come in with different preconceptions of how like if you were able to most perfectly represent yourself how successful you'd be yeah these like companies want to be successful they want so they're coming in with philosophies of like if you were at the dinner party what would be the best way for you to actually yeah like hook up with somebody would probably be this or this philosophy or this philosophy and i just don't think i don't know for me it doesn't make sense to do that because 
the person I want to be on the internet is entirely different. Any opportunity you give me to sit down and think about who I want to be is going to be completely different than the person I am in real life. And that's because my objectives when I sit down to think about myself are like way less sexual. I can't sexualize it, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. But that makes complete sense. Yeah. But I think it kind of goes to the idea. I mean, do you like uh, think of yourself as having like a single static identity? Not static, but you know, like do you, what is your like uh, understanding of yourself in, in terms of like, the way that you present yourself from one person to the next, are you going to edit that like in real life? Um, it totally depends on who it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you can't do that. You can't do that on Tinder. You get that one opportunity. Right. You can't like, uh, you know, so you have to mitigate your you fucking personality. A, the way that you like deal with that is you just cast a wide net. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I, this isn't me. I'm not saying. You yeah, do, yeah. I'm definitely a hundred percent not ragging on internet dating. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's actually fascinating. This is my, when I just said, when I sit down on the internet, it's your like opportunity to present yourself in the most intellectual way. That's like, not like an ethic. That's yeah, just like, totally. yeah, I think it's just an opportunity that I want to explore. Like any other opportunity that's like particularly interesting to me yeah, but yeah. not anyone else so i'm very bad at it because of that reason <laughs> yeah you have like a, a set like a code that you have to stick yeah. to. i'm a knight yeah. <laughs> knight of the past but um yeah you know what's been interesting for me though outside of just like um so the people in my life right now that i'm like would say i'm dating have besides I, we, me obviously. yeah besides you we all have an understanding that we need distance or like we need it to the the stability comes from not giving a fuck who you're fucking at any time. Sure, yeah. I have a very like kind of like polymerous network or polyamorous network. Not of like it's not super I think like actual polyamory is like you have two people in it's your like life an, or an three actual, people. Yeah. yeah. But for me it's just like way more distant and so dating for me is sort of just how do I put it? If I I don't I'm not dating, I guess is what it is. Yeah. I just have like people I, in my life that like I have sex with sometimes, but it's mostly just about like emotional support sure. when I need it, which is irregular. It's not like checking in every day and it's how are like, you doing? And people come in and out and that's beautiful. Worth noting, I think that like uh maybe one of the like objectives of dating or maybe one of like the quieter goals is that like the kind of emotional intimacy you have with somebody that you you care about um like on a platonic level for there's like a phenomenologically there's something that happens when you have sex with somebody where like the level of emotional intimacy that you're capable of engaging in is entirely different i've like i felt comfortable confiding in and it makes sense when you say it out loud, but I felt comfortable confiding in strangers that I had just had sex with for the first time and would likely never see again in a way that like, God, what is that? What it's beautiful. Mean? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. A, yeah. It was like, it's like a, for a long time, that was kind of like my therapy. Yeah, I sure. Just, you know, I'd meet somebody on Tinder and have them come over. We would have sex. And then there was like that, that period of time afterwards where you feel like you, you know, it's funny. Anything. Like the implication of that is like, um, we don't reveal our whole selves to people until we get sex from them, which means <laughs> like the whole uh, reason why we're not completely see honest with five. I'm taking headphones. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason why we're not completely honest with each other is like the possibility of sex 
Yeah, that's kind of like horrific, but also I think just a reality. I don't think it's well. I do think it's sort of. It's this is what I would say is that like like, oftentimes that intimacy is like accepted willingly without any sex, and it wouldn't like not not necessarily like. For me, it felt like intimacy was a reward for having sex instead of vice versa. Does that make sense? Um, I wasn't. Well, right. That's why you limit yourself until you get it. Right, right, right. The reward is the intimacy, not the sex. It never felt like it was. I don't know. It's hard to maybe did. I don't know. Yeah, you have to really like look deep. For me, um, what you're describing is the exact problem with um, like taboo sex culture. Mm-hmm. I have a I'm when it comes to sex I'm like most political issues I'm like moderate I understand like conservative when it comes to sex I think we have it so wrong in so many ways that we really hurt ourselves and one is that for that exact reason like because we keep sex in behind bedrooms and we don't like talk about it yeah. or we like we only hint at it we have to have like motion sore that we can't be like completely honest like people are not ready to be completely honest with themselves about what they want from other people yeah when it comes to sex that we create like it creates all these unnecessary boundaries that are really silly because we obviously understand people have sex and we all have sexual energy (laughs) and like we're always like the like pheromones to me are so important because it's like a chemical it, like validation that you've just initiate like you've just communicated sex signals mm-hmm. and when you get that feeling where it's like oh did we just have a sex signal yeah that's not your consciousness that's that's a completely different it's part chemical of yeah yeah and so that other person definitely felt that because you communicated chemicals to yeah. each other that's just how so like <laughs> you know so like and then we still play like oh it's just like i'm reading the signals wrong or, and like that's yeah. why when people i think that self-doubt is like yeah. the that's the most harmful thing is like because that the moments where you you ignore that signal mm-hmm. and it leads to like involuntary celibacy that's where you you get the worst are like, you an incel jake really <laughs> <the> <laughs> this is all just a fiction the... but um yeah, <laughs> it's no, an interesting I, question I, to yeah, ask. that's a dumb question <laughs> <laughs> but um no i guess what i'm saying is um that the self-doubt that you're talking about comes from people utilizing pheromones to their advantage when they lead people on sure yeah so like we shouldn't have self-doubt about the communication itself but you can doubt yourself in that this person is legitimately in good faith utilizing their like that pheromone sure interaction like some people like that's what i mean this is what's so difficult when some you know if you lead someone on Mm -hmm. you were participating in the sex signals yes that are real and they're real to you but for some reason, you are not going all the way with it. Right, right, right. And to me, if you're already engaging the signals, the only reasons why you're going, you know, it's social reasons. And a lot of, like, if some, like a, you know, like a guy leads a girl on, like, as he just thinks they're friends. Sure. But she wants something more. Um, that situation is like he's legitimately denying himself. A relationship because those those legitimate sex signals are being sent and that guy is deciding against them for yeah, some social sure, yeah, reason yeah. And it's usually status that's yeah, and I it's like that kind of things correct. exploded because of our exploded celebrity obsession yeah. because of like the explosion of 
and there's like of media. The concern of status like only grows with the awareness of the concern of status too. It's a weird phenomenon where like mm-hmm. where I feel like we understand it's the exact condition yeah. that you're talking about more than we ever have, and yet. It's it still is it like becomes active. It's worse operative. almost. Yeah, like, it's worse. Yeah. Or at the very least, more vocal. Totally. Yeah, it's a problem. You have like you know you have like whole like you know concepts that have been built around exactly what you're talking. Where like people are always talking about the friend zone. Yeah, There's, like, like incels yeah. and the red. Like they're like whole they're communities whole communities that come built together around like yeah. this like. Thou- hundreds of thousands of people come around and they they self-identify and then they tribalize. Yeah, and like it's <laughs> yeah. It's, over that's just like, legitimately terrifying. Yeah, and this is over just like people like um and I guess what I'm saying is the the um the the I just horrible opportunity of this issue. Yeah, the horrible opportunity of e-dating is that it it's hooked into the exact kind of media that's oh, propagating Insta- your our Instagram status. Account, if you have one is literally attached to your Tinder. Like. Exactly. And that like that that completely explodes this issue. Oh Christ. Those are these yeah. are things I've never thought about. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what's scary, you know, and um, I think it's what's leading people. You know, we don't want to try. We all want to come together. Like I said, language is compassionate. Yeah. And so when we miscommunicate, when we don't and we don't communicate in good faith, mm-hmm. we create miscommunication, which creates all sorts of fucking issues, anger, hate, fucking all that. Or not fucking issues. Yoda, yeah, case. or not fucking <laughs> issues. <laughs> But that's, you know, like you won't, you don't have incels if you have people who are legitimately like buying into their sex signals. Yeah. And that's something that. Or not, not buying into, but just like allowing themselves to experience them and then like realize them. Yeah. Allow like the, the, that's the thing that I'm practicing right now is that if like a sec, like if I, if I feel the vibe, I don't like deny it for a reason because that's extraneous or like, you know, you know, it's above, like it's beyond the reasons of the sex signals. Right. So I think it's just like, it's like an interesting phenomenon too, because now we're you, me and Jake live together. uh It's almost like none of us, if we, if we legitimately like somebody, I don't think any of us would actually care if it was like, uh, there was like, there were issues of status or something, but at the same time, there's that sort of primal impulse or at least like a socially conditioned impulse of like, I want to bring the hottest girl home because like I have two dudes that live with me. And if <laughs> I bring the hottest girl home, they'll respect me more. It's like, it's completely like my, my fucked. feel. Yeah. My feeling in that is that like, um, I'm not going out trying to date girls right now because I just feel like, Oh, like I've already done all that. I'm going to go explore totally, life yeah. itself, which is like in one way it is a facing. It's like, Oh, I'm like, projecting this super I'm dude. over it yeah yeah but I'm in another way sex, it's like, like it's legitimately me working through like the therapy I'm going through which is like I if it's about status and it's about proof you know because like deep in my heart the thing I obsess about all the time is like my ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and like she like everything that like every accomplishment every moment that I'm proud of it's like I want I still want to share it with her yep I get that it's it legitimately is like yeah it's um I, it ruins my life in a way it doesn't ruin my <laughs> life i guess but it's like it's this heavy weight because i know that there's no way i know rationally that there's no way i can ever like plausibly manifest yeah my fantasies 
And even if I did their fantasies, it wouldn't be how I sure, want yeah. them to go because you can't, you know, the great thing about fantasies, you get to control people. Yeah. <laughs> and like people are like, you know, one of the, you know, one of the most humbling things you could do is really acknowledge someone else's agency. Mm-hmm. Um, really that's acknowledge really, it. Yeah. That's like, I think that's, if anybody's <laughs> listening to this episode, I think that's like a really important takeaway is <laughs> like, if you're having, I actually had this conversation. I was on a date last night where I had this, like a similar conversation with somebody where it was like, I think one of the most, like the the most dangerous things about dating is the, like, especially with Tinder, you're inherently creating an image of yourself that leads to fantasization. So you have expectations going into whatever interaction that you have. And that flavors the whole interaction. You know, it's like reading, reading criticism of something before you listen or watch it. Totally. Yeah. uh, If you, if you color somebody's perception of you before they ever have a chance to meet you, you have to live up to it. Otherwise, you're a failure in their eyes. It can also be it's the other way. It's amazing how you can disappoint someone you've never met before. That's that's the real. But that's like, also like how like rumors and reputation. Reputation. Totally, yeah. Reputation. It, it's funny to think of like what you're doing is you're intru- you you are you are taking control, radical control of your reputation on right. Tinder. Yeah, absolutely. In a way you can't in real life. I have no control over my reputation. I'm sure my reputation is like trashed. Or if, but But when I'm on Tinder, I bring it in anyway. Yeah. It's like I'm so connected to what fucked my fucked reputation that like I want to bring it in into like I want to intellectualize. I want to show that like I'm a powerful force because of it through it. Right. Um, But that's my own issue. But like, you know, other people like didn't completely deny their reputation. They, they want like an act of like self-liberation through it. I understand that um, Tinder can be really powerful for people, mm-hmm. especially girls. Girls have a very different experience. This isn't like a gendered, like <laughs> what is it? It's a hundred percent a gendered thing. I didn't want to make it seem like it was anti-feministic, but like, it's just like the data is like girls have so much. They they just get so many more. Um, what's it called? Like when you connect matches, they get so many more matches than guys do. And that's, yeah. I think that illustrates something really interesting. Maybe not just about dating, because, like, yes, like girls are like the vaunted, you know, yeah. in like any I'll dating kind of way. ritual. If like the statistics are accurate, I get like three to five matches a day, and I've used Tinder for five years, and maybe like <laughs> that's talk, really I'll fucking still, impressive to me. But, 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 but I'll still only talk to maybe like three of those people total a week, if that. Uh huh. If you're a girl on Tinder, are you always on Tinder? Yeah, I don't. I don't usually like get it off of my phone. If that's what you mean. Yeah, um, I'm not like always like on it. I know that. <laughs> I know that you do things. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I think if the statistics play out, it's like the average. This is and this is. I think that that's unusual, like an unusual experience, like to have three to five matches today. I, I do. I've person. never heard of that. It's yeah. just like. That's five years of using Tinder and understanding like what needs to be projected. No, I definitely think you're a master at it. But <laughs> if you're a girl on Tinder and you literally just downloaded it today, you'll have 20 matches on your first day. Conservative estimate. I guess in my like if what, you swipe if you swipe right on a male yeah you'll person, get it. It's immediate. It's yeah. But what I just thought it was funny. It's like it's not that you're bringing home the hot girls. It's that 
when you're showing off your status to us, it's like, look how good at Tinder I am. <laughs> look at look at how I've mastered well, the dating it, market. For Not me, like, like any girl. It's, it's like all the women. Like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm the only thing I'm ever proud of is how good I am at gaming systems. Like, yeah, it's not about the women. It's, it's about love, the it's about the job. algo. Yeah. <laughs> I love my job. I love Tinder, and it's all and I love games because all of them are like. At, at the end of the day, like Tinder isn't about having sex with girls. It's about winning Tinder. It's about winning. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. about, it's about metagames. Yeah, we gotta, I'm metagaming Tinder. You're metagaming. <laughs> I'm sure there are metagames with Tinder because of like the memes that you put in your text. It's The metagaming is also like geographical too. Like when I go to Florida, if I'm interested in like having sex with somebody for the four days that I'm in Florida, I'll completely change my like Tinder bio and my pictures and stuff because it's a completely different demographic that you're appealing to. How do you? What's the difference between? Florida? Well, like, Tampa what, yeah. is a trash pit. So. Uh, well, I know that. I, I'm more like I'm more like so interested right now, in my, the, the my, juxtap- like the differentiation. Right now, my Tinder pictures are like it's the dogs, it's me hiking, I'm doing like a handstand, whatever. You're, you're like, doing the things you do in Utah. It's Utah shit. Yeah, it's Mount. You're a mountain my, man. Bi- my bio says I'm not a Mormon. Like <laughs> these are like things that I'm, you a, have I'm to, a mountain man, not a yeah. Mormon man. <laughs> C, uh, corrector. C, uh, corrector. If I go to Tampa, it'll be like pictures of me drinking, pictures of me like <laughs> passed out on the sidewalk in drag. Like, because these are the images that are like, you're appealing to a consciousness of a, of yeah. a place, not necessarily. That's the thing about Tinder too that I think is like also damaging in terms of interacting with other people uh-huh. is that like when you get to the point that I have where it becomes like you're, you're gamifying people. Uh, you are dehumanizing them because it's like, you know, what's going to appeal to us. Wait, you like that? You like the, the dehum- no, I don't. I think oh. that's bad for people. I think that's bad. Yeah. I would say that's an, well, I think okay, it's, ba- the I thing think it's bad say- for like being an empathetic human being and seeing other people as people instead of like, I don't know. Well, uh, mm. This is going to be really weird what mm-hmm. I'm about to say, but okay. So the way that you gamify Tinder is uh-huh. the way I think about like directing pornography. Sure. Where, um, you, you know, if you're, you, to me, it's like you're, you're an artist of Tinder. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Well, it's you, like funny, but like, I understand. What yeah. You're because there's like, okay. So you, what you're do like to me, I like to look through Tinder because I like to like inherit the aesthetics of people who are good at, I don't have right. any interest in being good at it i think if you're good at it you are like the equivalent of a porn star which i would never want to be the porn star mm-hmm. i would always want to be you want to di- be an auteur i want to be the auteur of the fuck scene of the fuck <laughs> film the fuck picture <laughs> <laughs> okay but the reason why is because um it's about like i said like sex is something that we keep under you know, under the veil, even right, though right. we ought, if we were to just be open about all the communication, the way that we like are about any other kind of information sharing, especially in this like wide explosive me- information yeah. sharing age, um, we would like be healthier people and we wouldn't like tribalize in these like sure, profoundly yeah. If you were to like, scary if ways. you were to believe the internet, it's like pornography consumption increases radically every year exponentially. And like, if you were to believe what was said on the internet, the amount of sex that's being had is like decreasing. I'm not sure if that's true. It's weird. But that's yeah. the general perception of things, which yeah. matters. We definitely watch as a, like a, like a whole, as human beings, yeah. humans watch other humans having sex phenomenal rates it's absurd yeah absurd rates um 
it's something like you know five thousand centuries. I always go back (laughs) to 2016 Pornhub statistics because Uh it was the thing that like really brought me to mind that one website had over five hundred or five thousand cent what does it matter really it doesn't yeah yeah they had five hundred or five thousand centuries watched in one year jesus which is like to me and it's like every person in the world like average wise would have yeah. to do a watch 12 pornographic videos <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just like you can't actually just totally make you know it's like it would be cool if it was like they could somehow get the mean from like IP addresses or something right, that right. would be more instructive. I don't think we want that. I don't. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, I don't think that's good. That's a NSA, <laughs> NSA. If you're listening, please know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that good at math. Please don't arrest us. But, um, basically, I don't know. This might be a good time to just go into my spiel about pornography. Go for it. I mean, this is Codex West. This is Codex West at night. But the at night part of it is that we have sex at night. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> we as in a okay. oh god Continue. anyway <laughs> let me actually talk one second drinking the dogs are barking are they i can't hear no leo's always whining our little puppy is always whining Bullshit. anyway pornography <laughs> so um signals are are always mediated right and mm-hmm. art's about mediation so, um, anytime you like, so if you want, like, say, um, sometimes you've had sex signals that just like you felt were wrong, right? Like you made a bad move. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes and that you, bad you, move. You can, yeah. It's like palpable when you yeah. fucked up. Yes. If, so when I've made a bad move, sometimes I'm like, oh God, I'm feeling all of the shame and this person has yeah. all the power. Really? I also have had bad moves made to me, and I didn't feel good about them. Yeah, but it's I've, just like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so we share that, right? Yeah. But what makes something bad or good? Like, that's in the realm um, when it comes to normativity in terms of human interaction, because, mm-hmm. like, when we decide to act, it's, like, um, an expressive act, which is an artistic act. Every all, What I'm saying is all this is in the realm of aesthetics, right? And 100%. So, yeah, so we can... When anything is in the realm... It, when anything is in an aesthetic realm, which is to me like separate from like a scientific realm, scientifically our pheromones are not, you know, it's like we had like a bad chemical reaction, but like aesthetically it's like, why did we even choose to make that action? So, and and to me it's like sex is like the most ingrained part of us in our DNA. So it's like important to understand the aesthetics of sex right? and pornography. And I mean pornography, not as like just people fucking, but like, the stance, the pornographic stance, which is like when you think about poverty porn, earth porn, there's like the reason why they use that is because it's like an attitude about not exploitation, but it's about um, what are the deepest, this, what are what are the things that get us at that level? Right. Right. It's like if you like, well, where, it's a, think about poverty you, porn. Poverty porn is, I think, an interesting idea. I know it's like it, it's supposed to be. You a might metaf- want to explain what you're talking about okay. for people that don't know what like safer worm pork is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you can, you know, if you go on like Reddit subreddits, they'll be like, you know, it's not just. It'll be, you know, there's actual pornography, and then there's like so like a yeah, you probably better. There's a this, subreddit yeah. like called Earth Porn, where it's just like beautiful images of like places on Earth. But I think that yeah. the thing that Johnny's trying to touch on is that those aesthetic preferences that we have are like they're so extraordinary and so 
like, essential, yeah, right? Essential, essential is a whatever, perfect word yeah. for it, yeah. Where those images speak to the same part of us that pornography does. Not necessarily sexually, but it's like yeah. so deeply attuned to our aesthetic preferences and almost so universal that you can't, like the beauty of it is undeniable. Right. It's like, it's such a um, overwhelming aesthetic experience right. that like some people would consider same. trashy because like when it comes to like, you know, like I do appreciate um, people who try to make art that's adherent to finer taste mm-hmm. right like how, like i don't want to say i have like i have good taste i have like high taste because <laughs> yeah, i yeah. also have really trashy yeah. taste <laughs> i really appreciate a lot of things but i understand like people who like don't want to incorporate any of those or who look down upon um like fetishistic images yes sure great yeah. um but me i like to realize that i'm a human being mm-hmm. anything that i make is like I, I want to reference and I want to like exist in the realm of finer taste, mm-hmm. but I also want to destroy it because I think that um, it's really unhealthy and it's like obviously unhealthy, well, like yeah, at large levels to deny poison. That, yeah. <laughs> to deny our, like our essential reactions yeah. to things. Um, because otherwise you're stuck in like a really relativistic position of class yeah. when it comes to art. I if mean, you, if you a, yeah. like, fine art is necessarily exclusionary like mm-hmm. it, it is like a class and sometimes issue. it's like it's sometimes it's breathtaking like sometimes like it needs to exist but like as yeah. a person so you can be an artist who creates fine art yeah right that doesn't mean that that artist has to be someone who only thinks that fine art is great right um because like if you can experience the whole swath of um, existence yeah of just fucking trash preference yeah. or trash uh sensitivity trash sensitivity (laughs) but what is trash you know is trash is just like that like oh god i saw this image maybe yesterday where it was two girls completely naked Mm -hmm. outside a trailer park and one dude was like hands were over both shoulders and he was like bearded and like not as attractive as these girls and they like had like a bottle of jack in their hand and to me it was like one of it was like a great pornographic image not because of the just the girls being naked yeah but because of like the pornography of like obviously this guy has he's like way domination yeah. over these girls right, right, that right. they have submitted to willingly because everyone's taking this picture and it's in front of you know it's right, like right, right. obviously that's something the image hor- that's being presented yeah it's obviously something horrible is happening for this <laughs> to like you know it's like probably like that person's like you know these girls are like on roxy's and he's yeah. like the, you know it's like probably something really awful but the image itself is an artistic image because as an image of there's like, an implication of status and there's an implication of power. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's the pornography and, and the, taking an image of that and like having a, a essential reaction to it is the pornographic experience. Right. And so taking this back to dating, I guess, is that um, <laughs> like it's uh, to me, it's like I can either just completely deny the sexual like you know, like if I'm on Tinder, it's like either I'm I'm probably not presenting very sexual. Mm-hmm. I could, I guess, but it would be just to me like. That's not so if I was to be completely honest, the like the I can't find the middle ground because if right. I was gonna be completely honest about like the sexual presentation I would want to put forth, it would be so pornographic. Right, right, right. Because that's like where my principles lie. That it would be totally, uh, you know, you sure it would you wouldn't want to touch it. 
That might not necessarily be true, but I yeah, that saying. might not. You know, yeah, in yeah. my mind, that might not. But anyway, I guess that's sort of you know, it's the aesthetics of. So just getting back to sex because that's what dating is sort of like the ritual. Over. I guess that's what we've decided this episode's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that um, you know, when we we just did a huge run about like what pornography could be over anything, but yeah. Like it, the reason why I think it originated that stance originated with sex is because sex is like our most essential, like mission. Yeah, as like you like, know, as biological, like biological mission, sure, yeah. right? And so it makes sense that like we would like want to watch other people doing it when we sure. can't do it, and um, so just tying that in, tying into the aesthetics of like when you talk to somebody, um, I think that pornography is something we should really think deeply about. And we should have like better artists doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, because like when you, you know, it's like, there's a lot of people who fret over like, who like, um, bemoan the state of pornography because it teaches people how to have sex in unreal ways. Right. I don't know what that means. Exactly. What's an unreal way to have sex. It's probably the most realest thing we do. However we do it. I know that there's sometimes it's like inauthentic, sure, but it's real. Right. Um, but if we had, you know, like imagine if you had like Paul Thomas Anderson who made sex movie, it would be boogie nights, which oh, is yeah, like pornographic like, yeah. in a way, you know, yeah. it has pornographic scenes. And like, if that was, that was the kind of talent we brought in to, I guess what I'm saying is that like pornography probably matters more than cinema. I would agree. It has a far I mean, reach like, in terms so, of reach that's yeah. undeniable. Right, and so that reach has really societal effects. I do think these things have societal effects, um, not in like this conservative way, where it's like, oh, you know, like video games are like making people violent. Yeah. Like that's clearly not true. And I think sex is like, you know, pornography. I mean, is an outlet for people to, when they have tension, to release that tension. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that release is like something that will latch into your mind, and you get. Yeah. If we had better, like. If we if the people that were making the pornography had better like aesthetic capabilities, um, I think that release would be less. You know, it would be elevated. I right. guess what I'm saying, I'm not even bemoaning the state of pornography. And that's the, I'm just the saying other thing it's about an opportunity. Like, pornography as a vehicle isn't like almost inherently. And I don't know if like I'm in a position to say this, but it's like it feels classless. And yeah. Not like oh, like yeah. socioeconomically. Like how many pornography how many... is accessible to literally anybody who has a telephone, who has an internet connection, which right. is just a majority of at the very least, like of first world nations at this point. Like yeah, there's very there are very few people <laughs> not that do even, not have man. Yeah, yeah, it's just like anybody. Yeah, and um, like so like for something to be that accessible and to for for what is essentially an art form to have that level of scope and to not be like more carefully curated. I think you're right is, is like kind of a shame. Yeah. It's like, I think it's just an opportunity. Like, I think that um, the reason why artists don't get into pornography is because it's shameful mm -hmm. or they can express something higher. Right. But what is higher than like our essential, like biological drive? I understand. It's funny because it seems yeah. like, the the best filmmakers are like trying to approach the same 
mean, you have Paul Thomas Anderson who like makes these beautiful movies about like obsession and the pursuit of excellence. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. What's like this? That's a, an essentially human thing. There's yeah. so many essentially, I mean, and he made Boogie Nights too. So it's yeah. just like, he the, gets it. It's a, there's an acknowledgement, I think at the highest level of art of these, I mean, Moonlight. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like totally. there, there are pornographic it's not moments. There, yeah. But it's, it's why is that authorship not present in pornography? I think what it because is because there isn't yeah. shame in it, and it's like there's acknowledgement that there isn't shame in it. I could totally see, yeah. like Barry Jenkins or Paul Thomas Anderson, as weird as it sounds, like just one off. Like, why wouldn't they? You know? No, like, I get it. it seems yeah. like a decision that especially because like Paul, make. like PTA's, like he made these like music videos that were like really handheld and yeah. like not like the level of like he didn't. I think with him, he just started making period movies mm-hmm. and he filmed it in a correct way and he knows how to do it that like they elevate them so like yeah. when he makes a music video you're like what's going on because he's, <laughs> he's using just a handheld probably yeah. like a fucking handheld ari or whatever um and to me almost that's pornographic in a way it's like let me just look at this person's yeah. face with like the technology that's available to other people yeah. even though i have the ability to you know it's like is that that to me is an essential thing it's like that's a that's a um like when he did he did it like a joanna newsom video mm-hmm. where he just followed her with like a basic camera obviously he can make whatever he wants yeah. with his, he what he literally did anything yeah what he did was he like he said fuck status yeah because status is what gets him to that level and he was like all right i'm just gonna make this and to me that's like sexual mm-hmm. because or in, in pornographic, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if it's sexual, but it's definitely pornographic when you can be like... I've never thought about like being pornographic as being like an aesthetic tendency, but it's like... it. Now that yeah. we've like talked about it, it almost feels like that's just how I th- should have been thinking about it all along. Yeah, that's like... To me, that's... I wanted to talk about this. I'd probably maybe hijack this conversation for where you thought it was going to go. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I had no expectations. I didn't really. <laughs> We're just following wherever. Yeah. But... That um, is something that drives what I make Mm -hmm. is it's like why I like to talk about things like I'll have lines about like you can pee wherever you want Mm. or, you know, I'll just like throw in random sexual clues in the narrative I'm making. It's because um, I think that the pornographic stance can be elevated Mm -hmm. and it's I think what we're edging towards it, maybe it's difficult. Like it would be unfathomable for like Barry Jenkins to just go and like actually film dudes fucking each other. Yeah. And cause you know what I mean? Like it has to be done in a way. I think what it is, is it has something to do with eroticism and mm. eroticism isn't ever purely sexual. Right. And what is purely sexual anyway? I can't, I can't you, think of anything that's like pure set. Imagine if a, a naked girl just appeared right next to you. Like, Honestly, honestly, it would be like honestly, non-sexual. <laughs> you would be if like, happened, "What's going I would on?" Be yeah. yeah. What would happen is not that you're like, if you're a normal person, which is like, you know, when you make art, you're making it for the normal person, mm-hmm. or maybe you're not. But like, uh, like that's the most ethical way to go about thinking about sure. its consequences. Is like, if this should, this will reach a normal person because most people are normal. That's what yeah. normal means. But like, so if you're a normal person, a fucking naked the most beautiful naked girl stands next to you your fantasy is you would just sweep her up and have sex the reality is you'd be like what's going on what's wrong let me help you like you'd be like your empathy would be activated Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's kind of the appeal of what pornography is, is like, what is, where does that fantasy come from? What would it look like? Mm-hmm. And if you just have people having sex right away, like that doesn't that explore the fantasy really. Yeah. yeah. The fantasy is that there's some backstory between you, that there's some deep, you know, you, the only times you ever really have sex with somebody is because there's either like, there's some narrative Force. element. Yeah. yeah. It's like either it's like, oh, we're meeting over Tinder. So it's taboo uh-huh. because we're in this like wild west of dating. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, oh, you're like, you know, in a more like less internet way. It's like, oh, you're like someone's wife or, you know what I mean? It's like that, like, so that's just the basic elements that the context for the sex, which is, which comprises into like the erotic moment is ripe for artists. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes they succeed and sometimes that's what they do. But the, the pornographic element, which is like the ex, which is like the expression of that erotic tension is a lot of times not really explored. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like creating things that are just, you know, it's like most porns, like they do have like backstory, right? Yeah. But it's not like, it's like it's, a lot of times it's satire yeah. or it's just like lemon ste- you lemon stealing you whores. lemon stealing whores yeah or it's just like Brandy Love like you know oh I'm just like a you know this housewife yeah. and the workers came up how many how many porns are just like the work the, the, plumber, the construction the pizza yeah guy, like these over these I, yeah. I don't even understand how those like it, what is that fetish eye like it, what, it does express a, fa- a man who knows how to use his hands comes. And like, there's a huge house. You but don't. Nobody get, is like. No, nobody's like fetish, thinking the, about sexy plumbers, dude. I know. I, no one's thinking about sexy pizza delivery guys either. No one. That's never happened. No one's had that fantasy. I don't. Yet, I don't agree. Like so I don't pervasive. agree. I think if you like, um, if you, so I've been on job sites where it's like the hot girl comes out and you're do and like all. I'm not saying that it's a fantasy of hers or anything because yeah, I think yeah. a lot of it's masculine. But I've been in that position where, like, the hot housewife comes out. She wants to know what you're doing. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to just, like, plaster. I'm trying to, like, trowel plaster. I'm trying to trowel sexily. I'm serious. Yeah, because (laughs) you're like, oh, like, what it is, it's not like, oh, the woman's fantasy about the plumber. It's the plumber's fantasy about the woman. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, if I can just, like, you know, do this PVC in a way that, like, makes (laughs) her. Maybe if I do this PVC, PVC. I can give her the pipe. Yeah. (laughs) very <laughs> yeah but that you know um that's like a kind of like what i guess that's like a really pedestrian fa- that's like a really blue collar fantasy that gets like really exploited. but i guess like the, yeah but like i guess I w- what i'm saying is like we could like elevate so that exploitative yeah that's yeah. what it is there's different you know it doesn't have to be these let's bring it back to dating okay sorry <laughs> no 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 it's okay okay um so back to dating and and the objective of dating, there's a non-sexual element too. Like if That's if it was if okay. it was all about if dating was all about sex, then there are avenues for that. Like you have prostitution, back pages. A, a lot of people like, aren't comfortable with that though. No, but that's not a way. I'm not. If I don't mean so, the comfort. So, I'm saying is like if you are so desperate for sex that like you're participating in an entire community of people that are also not having sex. I think prostitution is like at the very least occurred to you as an option at that point. I don't know. Like, I guess prostitution also has sort of a class element to it of like, can you afford to pay for sex? Like, yeah, but 
No, I, I want to get away from sex entirely and talk about like the. Okay. Um, all right. I'll, I'll follow. What What are the What non sexual oh parts God, of this... dating are like? <laughs> it says a lot. We talk so much about sex for like yeah for almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, I think it was like an. Someone would go until like I've listened. I listen to dating podcasts that like never talk about sex. That yeah, are, like, all that's about dating. Another... I totally get what you mean. <laughs> I think it's like I kind of say bullshit too. But let's talk about non-dating oh, to see. see yeah, yeah, I want to talk about the non-sexual elements to see if like there are some that like I my can personal call experience on. with Tinder. I, I think the easiest way to start this conversation is talking about like where. Okay. What kind of um, relationship Twitter. you see yourself in long term? Like, what's your end, okay. what is your, the end game of dating? For me, the end game of dating is like I want a partnership. I want somebody where there's like do you a mutual. Work I didn't know that and, about you. I thought you were just like on the prowl and like. Well, I, are you evolving or like? I think that like for for me evolving? at least, <laughs> for me at least, sex is like an impulse that's the same as like thirst or hunger or like anything else. It's like it needs to be satiated where if I don't have it, it becomes like it becomes problematic, not necessarily just because I'm having sex, but it, because it makes me like doubt myself in ways that I'm not comfortable with. And it's like, that's gone away. The older that I've gotten, it's okay. become less and less pervasive, but it still feels like it's not a validation thing. It's, it, it is like the actual release of sex as opposed to like a masturbatory release feels necessary to me at times. Does it? Yes. And that's like, but we're back. That's at why sex, I'm, though. but okay. But we're yeah. getting, a, <laughs> but only, we are so into <laughs> sex again. <laughs> what are you talking but about? Like, dude? The, Let's go non-sexual. I need to fuck a girl. <laughs> so that's like the, uh, but like, that's not the end game. That's not. I don't think that that's like a sustainable model of existence. Like, I I would agree. <laughs> in fact, I think it's like terrible. It's a part of myself that I would like to excise completely if I could. Uh huh. Because to me, like the beauty of of date, not of dating, but of like uh, two human beings that like are in a partnership together that is intimate, is you are you like fundamentally are always operating as a team, like you are always be, because you are a cohesive unit you are constantly self-correcting you're optimizing your decision making at all times you're becoming more efficient as a unit you're growing each other that's the beauty of a relationship to me that's ultimately what i want i just get that from like my friends though i don't yeah i understand there's a difference i get that from my friends yeah. but i want that from a significant other right i get that and yeah, i don't know fine. if that's like uh necessarily like a biological impulse if that's like a socially programmed impulse it's just that i like the idea of discipline and work and routine and I, like a relationship that encompasses all of those elements seems to me like it would be the most beautiful experience that i could have in life right i think um you either find someone who can do that for you or you get really skeptical i'm in the skeptical camp where to me i am too i don't yeah. i don't it's, what you're describing, I'm yeah, that's great, where, but like I'm at the point you where would I get think it's very unlikely that could ever happen, but that is like the goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, everyone has different experiences. Mm -hmm. My experience, I view my life, like my love life, is just completely tragic. Like that's because it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll be real. It's like the uh, 
you want some yeah we'll just get real it's like the way i view my love life is that like i've I found the person I wanted to marry and it's just not going to work out. Yeah. And so I have to completely redefine those parameters. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from, um, she's also the only person I've ever wanted to be monogamous. with. She's only, she's the only person I cared about that. Like if she loved other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jealousy came into play. Yeah. Whereas my like most significant relationship was like, entirely based around sex and i it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me yeah but that's normal i'm not i'm not not to that's not, supposed i don't to be think you're like dismissing my experience oh it's not at like, all yeah. i'm saying that that should be like a mode of comfort where it's like like most people go through that experience having i know i've your had that too it seems horrific where no, it's just my, like the emotional int- intimacy of it is like the part that was the most damaging. That's yeah. Like, You'll know like, uh, that, you know, I my, can see why I, that would make you like a permanent cynic. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think you, it's not cause I'm cynical about love. It's I'm cynical about my, my love life. <laughs> right. It's like, we're like, you know, there's, you can love someone so much and, um, want to be that companion with them. Mm-hmm. And like, circuit like especially the wide like especially because now most young people move to different jobs and um you know there's so many more long distance relationships and we have the capacity to like actually like sustain long distance relationships because of our communication methods but that's like a that's like a that's a chimera you know that's not actually something that you it's chimerical it's like you actually like you think you can have these long distance relationships but you're just talking on a phone. It's not like being with someone. It's like yeah. you actually can't have the chemical reactions that are like essential to sure. Yeah. Part, you know, um, all of that adds up to me that, um, you know, we're in a, we're in the most dangerous romantic situation at like at any point in human history where it's like, you can love someone you can want, like you can know that that's the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life. And because of like the vast ways we have to like move and we think that we can still communicate with each other, but we aren't. It's like an illusion of it's communication. A, yeah. yeah. And that's like, I just think that, that, you know, it's like, that's something I'm working through really deeply, but it's something that's, you know, it's something that completely guides the way I think about love. Yeah. Um, and the end game is what you're talking. So like for me, I don't, when I, you know, I find a girl I like, and like we hit it off, we have sex, blah, blah, To Right now in my life, it's just you're someone I can talk to and you're someone I can be with and you're someone I can love. But it's in that way that's just I, I'm, almost casual. It's completely casual. Yeah. And that's how I have to keep it. And in order not to get completely cool. miserable about um, the ways in which my love life isn't working according to like how like it would in an ideal situation, mm-hmm. I just – I reject it in a way I reject and my like where I'm at right now the happiest I am is when I'm goal oriented about things I know I can accomplish and it's love like is something outside I'm, of yeah it's outside of like relationships yeah it's about getting, me it's yeah. like you know me right now it's like Completely oh I want to like you know it's like I want to like music, go on tour we're going on tour yeah. it's like I want to learn about like how to I, woodworking I go to the woodworking class I know the next thing I want to do in all of the technical things and all of the you know, like yeah. I want to write, you know, this thing I'm going to, I have steps. I have goals for everything. Love is like, you have to deal with like the most wildest of agencies. Mm-hmm. 
and I can't control it. I can't, you know, I can't control my own fucking feelings about it. Yeah. So to me, I'm cynical, not because I don't think it's beautiful. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world, but I think we're just in this crazy time and some people, some people, not everyone, obviously, but some people get swept into the fucking crazy technological swirl. Yeah. They and just that's where I'm sort at. of, yeah, I get that. But what about you? Um, I'm also like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not convinced that I'll ever find what I want. I don't, That's I don't scary expect part, it. Isn't I, like, I don't think it's scary. It's just like, it's you, a can, little. you can keep, you can do your own thing. You can, do we pause? No. Are we, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. You can do your own thing and like be, uh, be productive and be, my goals right now in life have nothing to do with love. I don't, it's not, Agreed. it's not even close to like what's at the forefront of my mind. And yet I'm still on Tinder. And yet, you know, like I went on a date yesterday and yet these, these, they're like mitigating factors where it seems like at the end of the day, I'd like to avoid it completely. If, <laughs> if, that, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I would like to be a person that is completely asexual and aromantic and could just live alone and and do the things that are important to me and like leave the legacy that i want to leave but the human part of me says like that part of that legacy is to have <laughs> fuck with me <laughs> not don juan not over that. here i Shwan. think i want to like, um, i mean i don't think i want to have like biological children i'd like to adopt i think we'd actually you know what let's get into this because i think Ooh. we'd be remiss to talk about dating if we weren't talking about children because if we're if we're gonna spend so much time talking about sex and like the biology, of sex, I love it. I love this topic. Yeah. Oh my god, because <laughs> it it goes right into my fucking ethics of everything. You have to adopt. Yeah, I would. And, but here's the deal. Okay, so I've done a lot of thinking about and reading about. Um, I was somebody who thought that we were overpopulated, mm-hmm. and so, it, and like it, that makes sense, right? Like people contribute to global warming. Sure. Yeah. Just by. You know, I th- it's eating an meat and driving cars like, like that's it has just how it to do with like sustainability and everything to do with like when you bring a new life into the world you are necessarily creating suffering yeah but you're also necessarily creating the opportunity for like you know something that's beyond nothing which you know what i mean like it's um i know it's tough that's like uh no no no, no. i i i i'm i'm conjecturing this because i'm like on your side in a way or like uh-huh. at least i i share I, yeah, yeah. I I experience creation your, is overrated. Yeah. That's what I. That's my feeling. <laughs> it's crazy thinking about coming into the world. Like, I didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. All of this pain I feel and the responsibility I feel not to kill myself uh-huh. with people is like not something I asked for. No. Does that say something about like responsibility or like um, consent even? I don't, because it, essentially we didn't ask for any of this no, no one asked not, for yeah. any no so, one ever asked to be born right so the idea of no like, one ever gave their yeah. consent for birth right so like does it give you like does that mean that like consents i know this is super fucked up but like does that mean that like consent is worth anything because you didn't consent to the first action it's like consent is something that comes after the thing that you like you don't have clearly agency. might not you have do not have for. agency over your own creation and that's like problematic philosophically and ethically and 
it's almost like right. it's such an unfathomable question. I think we could probably do a whole podcast yeah. on it. And well, that's like right. Arrive yeah. at any reasonable conclusion, well, but like I think it's a question worth posing to. It's the posing is like the like Albert Camus, like you know, if you're the you know Mrs. Sisyphus, like that book. Actually, mm-hmm. the first thing he says is like the most essential question that philosophy poses is why not c- commit suicide? Mm-hmm. Because that is you taking agency over the thing you had no agency over. Right. Um. Like, that's a di- like saying that about philosophy, where it's like most of philosophy is like this, like, like obsessive, inquisitive, like experience, where it's like you want to know so much about the world, you can't stop thinking about it. And yeah. You run into these problems that are just really limits of like human consciousness. That's a very that's someone who's already engaged in the world. Real philosophy is like, why should I even engage? Yeah. What is the purpose? Yeah. yeah. Um. And that's scary, you know, to bring someone into the world and know yourself that you didn't have any agency over it, yeah. but you're forcing someone to come into the world. It's like if you were in like some other ancient time where you needed a child to like sand your wood. And like, yeah. <laughs> that would be a different story because you're yeah. like, I need you to survive myself. But now yeah. no one needs kids no and one. yet yeah. you do need children you do need people to come into the world because if we didn't have the younger generation the older generation you know if you were just like that like in a children and men situation right where it's like no one could have kids anymore mm-hmm. like that would be horrific that's why that movie is so genius yeah is because it's also questioning it's also tackling the question of why should we have children because this is what it would look like if we all as a society decided, decided not, not to. to yeah Although that movie's not about decision, it like does represent yeah. something about like that I understand state. What you're, yeah. yeah. But um this is something I think about a lot where it's like I do at the end of the day I think because it if the world would be so much more the world, if I was fifty, would be so much worse if we didn't have any younger generation. That it's essential that I do commit a child. But there but, are already But you can that... commit a child by adopting. Yes. Right. That's, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. that's right. But you can also do it by having. I guess what it is, it's like we don't have to worry about population control because it's not even like a, that's yeah. not even part of like yeah. the calculus. Really. Right. Like we live in like just the middle of nowhere, man. Mm-hmm. Right now, like you can see, like there's plenty of room for people. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much room, especially in America. Holy shit. Yeah. If you've never driven through like the Midwest, anything west of Nebraska, if you just drive through the middle of our country. The amount of emptiness, the amount yeah. of open, arable land that Dude, exists is it's <laughs> fucking absurd. Oh there are oceans uh, of land that are completely unpopulated. It's and it's like if you if you just drive through it to understand the scope, like how enormous this just this country is, just a single state is, like overpopulation, especially in the United States, isn't an issue. The issue is the ethics of suffering. And for me, like, it is like an aesthetic decision, too. Well, yeah. It's like, not about the suffering of the whole world, it's about the suffering of one person. One child. And so, if yeah. you adopt someone, it's like you weren't the person who committed this other you know you right. weren't the person you're the assuming person, you're, responsibility yeah. for like someone else's, else's unethical yeah. decision and but and you, can you have to weigh that, like, this against the fact that like if we didn't have children that we would be suffering way more right 
the suffering that we would be feeling would be way worse than just like making another generation or it could be Mm -hmm. we don't know that the unpredictability the impossibility of like foreseeing that um is what drives me to think that it's okay for you to have a kid oh i'm not like yeah trying to shit on people that have biological children as a biological child (laughs) as a biological (laughs) yeah no i'm just thinking about the ethics of it though like ethically can you have a should you have a kid and to me it's like probably yes yeah i think as like if you are if you intend to have a child i think it's an ethical decision so like this is how distant you have to think about it it's like okay if i have a kid that person that kid will experience suffering necessarily yes but no human experience imagine you're like in a neighborhood and you don't have kids and no one has kids my neighbor is going to i'm like if i don't have a kid i'm like giving him so much more suffering than if i was in a situation where i was having a kid ethically you have to think ethically where it's like everyone's doing the same action that's what ethics is right 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 so to me it's like okay if i have a kid i'm probably introducing suffering to him but if i believe ethically that is better not to have a kid. That means that I'm holding the belief, mm-hmm. but I'm holding the belief that holds everyone to that belief. That's just what ethics are. Sure. So that means that I'm inflicting so much more suffering on everybody. I mean, like is expressing your aesthetic preferences or your ethical, like understanding inflicting suffering though. It would be in a situation where there are no kids. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's weird. I'm not saying it's like I don't have an easy answer to this because obviously the e- easy answer to this is like we all come together and we decide how many kids we should have. Right. But you can't do that because it's just so – You can't do that because then you'd live in China. Yeah, but even in China, it's like it becomes a class issue. It's like any pol- any policy is just like our best effort, right? Mm-hmm. And like – so I don't really blame China for having a one-child – policy i think it's probably really bad policy but it's like an attempt to correct an issue that is probably like you know suffices a billion people yeah yeah. but anyway what i guess what i'm saying is i would my the way i feel about it i'd have one kid and adopt one kid sure it's like an even split between like me the other deciding thing, that it's important that we have a younger generation, me yeah. deciding that it's important the not to commit waste. And then about, I'd be a good dad. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be a, like a, an excellent father. But I also think that like um, the other, the, the oft forgotten like thing about childbirth, not forgotten, but like in this conversation, we haven't even considered it is that you inflict childbirth on a woman too. It's like an incredibly painful process where they're, Essentially, the host to like a parasite for nine months. <laughs> Inflect inflicting is like a awesome word to use. It's like funny because it's like oh they, that person's consented, but like they've consented to an infliction. Yes. Yeah. Like you like you clearly don't. But this also is what like makes a distance Not between everybody... a father and a child is yeah. like, um oh if I had the choice I totally would be pregnant. I understand. That's not me saying that like oh. Um, you know, I, I don't appreciate the pain yeah. that like women have to <laughs> it's go just through the if they feminist want kids. And- <laughs> it's not even the feminist. Yeah, it's no, more just- like, I think that, um, when you suffer for something, you, you want to have that more connected. To- yeah. But also, oh God, parenting is so crazy. It's like, 
imagine you give birth to like like a child that's just like has too much energy and you don't know how to deal with it and you start to hate it mm -hmm. how scary is that to hate the child that you i don't you know what i mean yeah. it's like there's so many there's so many reasons why people need to adopt that are like you know obviously a lot of like um you know giving away your kids is because they're too young or mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. it's like sometimes it's just like you do not connect with this person. Like people yeah. come with like different energy levels, yeah. different behaviors that are impossible it's to like, correct. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's hard to believe that they're even like biologically like a, a a result of you. I think our adoption processes could be better. I guess is where I'm going at. Yeah. Where like it's well, important. Uh, I don't want to stray too far. <laughs> God, we are so yeah. far from dating. <laughs> but um. You're guiding this man. You got. Are you trying to date me? Is this? So, do you want to get married and adopt? I think. Yeah. I think. I think cousin marriage is legal in Utah. <laughs> oh man, this conversation is radical because um, it shows just like I don't think if you asked any other people what dating was like that this conversation would have happened. Mm -hmm. And yet, to me, um, it's essential to how I think about it. Everything there's, we talked about. And there's yeah, so many processes and there's so many. You have to consider like your immediate goals, your long-term goals, your like understanding of like what people are capable of doing together. How much when you flirt is happening? How much yeah. information is being the, fucking yeah, communicated? Just, like, the minute information. How much? Yeah. Minute, like, how many do you get from them and you the other thing about disregard? The craziest yeah. thing about dating to me is just like how much effort like how much of your interaction with the other person is effortless that means something to them oh my how much god of, how much of the things you didn't think about are being like so the negative space like the poetry of like intimacy yeah and and how like the things that you don't do mean something it's just like right. there's so much it's and that's why if it's you like, ever stop to think about it you'd probably just be alone forever. <laughs> I, well or 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 what it would be is if you thought about it you would realize that the things that you're intending um, okay, so like I come in with a bunch of intentions of how mm. I act in an intimate situation. The girl responds in a way that like was still positive, but not, you know what I mean? Like you've been in that situation where it's like, oh, the things I'm doing are not really working, but something's working that I don't yeah. realize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a really, that's a, <laughs> such an accurate description of. Dude, that's like a lot of my life. I'm sure the things that I'm like, I think I'm being like really clever. Some and people are just like more susceptible to your intent than others, I think is what it boils I guess what it is, but like, I guess what I'm saying is that don't trust like that your intent's working or that that matters. <laughs> trust that the fucking there's feeling. Just something, yeah, there's just something. Just trust that feeling. You know, it's like, you know, um, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but that person that that's deep. For me, I, I, I still think that, like, the way I act is just, like, my intentions just, like, are shot always. It's, like, something else about me yeah. that I have no idea. But that's what I love. It's, like, I want to know more about that. It's, like, a mirror to myself. But it's so deep, and it's so – oh, my – I don't want to talk. I, I can't get too into it because I'll just, like, fucking, like, start <laughs> going to cry like, on the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to – this nigga go cry on the podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah – yeah, there's just so I think you just have to trust like the other levels of communication when it comes to sex because sex doesn't happen at the level of language. You don't fuck someone with your words unless yeah. you murder them with your words. 
Okay. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> on that note. I don't think we've like exhausted the conversation, but I think this is probably like a reasonable place to stop. I think so too. It's unfortunate because I could just keep talking, but yeah, no one's so gonna good. listen. Yeah. Um do you wanna do re- do we do recommendations for the last I don't think do you want to? Do you have a recommendation? I kinda have a recommendation. You might what are you gonna recommend, Bod? <laughs> oh Bod. Hey Bod. So uh anybody that doesn't know um, the Arnold Classic is happening right now in Columbus, Very nice Ohio. recommendation, bud. Um, it just started yesterday. Anybody that's like interested in, I mean, in in line with like uh, dating, if you're interested in like men with perfect bodies, um, <laughs> the Arnold Classic is happening right now. I can't. It's just like if, if you're in interested the, in men with perfect bodies, I'm it's not like gay. The, the, like the fucking, I date girls. Uh, <laughs> the discreet juxtaposition between like oh dating and. Oh well, men with beautiful bodies well, is what we I'm interested in. Well, we were talking about pornography in. for a long time, and like to me, like body oh yeah, like bitch, a, yeah. I'm not necessarily. It's sure a pornographic for, competition. It's pornographic in the same way to me that like, you know, a Michelangelo s- sculpture is pornographic, like it, or like you know. Um, no, I get it. it's like classical. It's, the, it's sensual. It's the, what what bodybuilding is is like, you are a sculptor, but you're sculpting yourself. That's it's it sounds so stupid. It sounds so like uh like the a problem very, no but we, it we like talked about really this. the problem way is of like describing it, but it's what it is. It's you are literally sculpting your own body. I think it's it's like but the problem is like like Michelangelo would like be depicting a body that is that has fault. You know like that has fault. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck right. Fault that's in what the I body. mean. But but what, what is if a you, fault? What if you were to look at someone who had like the most vast perfect musculature i think i think what you have to engage with is that most people look at bodybuilding not because it's funny that like we work on our bodies but because it's funny the bodies that bodybuilders worship i guess are esteemed to right like they're they're exaggerated it to me it's like you have to defend it is an that's your defense you have that's your that's your when you look at Anybody that's ever taken an anatomy class, mm. when you look at anatomical sketches, when you see like sort of that to me is like a pornographic idealization of the human body is when you see the human body without skin. That's like it. It mm. sounds fucking bizarre, but that's the. I idea. get that. Yeah. I know. I follow you. Musc- I muscles are beautiful. Like the striation. Why do you and think the muscle, they're beautiful? Muscle do you have any idea why they're beautiful? I don't know why I think like viscera is beautiful. I don't. I have because like no if, idea. Where okay, that here's my question. Here's my question. Um, if you found a okay, women bodybuilding, would you like be sexually attracted to them? I don't. So it's not like Your when aesthetics I see a, are different, right? When I see a female bodybuilder. I have like this immense appreciation of the work they put in. I could see myself like dating a female bodybuilder because I understand the discipline that it takes. <laughs> but it's to not, build it's your not body. on the level of like, um, it sounds weird to say this, but I think I'm like, uh, I my, get it though. My like, sexual preferences are like, I'm trying to remove myself from the aesthetics of them and I'm trying to not the, like the visual aesthetics of them. And I'm trying to, um, no, no, I get understand this. the like, implications of somebody's body if, if rather girl, than if a, like the beauty of their yeah, body. Does I, that make sense? Yeah, no, I I hope this doesn't come off as this to me is like anti-objectification. But I understand. Like I, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to. I want to mm-hmm. be really clear. Um, if a girl is really smart, like that to me excuses a lot of her physical imperfections. And that's the same way that I but feel like, about, like, but it's funny because it's like 
the physical imperfections become physical perfections. Right, right, right. I get that. That's what, that's where I was going. <laughs> it's insane, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. It's like you appreciate something that you that that's cerebral, not like fucking like primitive. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think it's. I God, it's just so funny to think of like um, bodybuilding as like a sport. Ultimately. Well, it's people that are just like if you if you watch like um, the the callouts, not even necessarily the callouts, but the individually like the the individual performances of bodybuilders when they're on the stage is not unlike contemporary like modern dance. There's a flow to it. You have to hit a certain there are certain poses that you have to hit and you have to like understand your own musculature, your own genetic deficiencies because these people are operating the best bodybuilders in the world are operating at a level that is beyond human. It is you can't achieve these. Like you cannot have these people's bodies naturally. It is impossible. This is like where I would connect it to like the greatest art where it's like, you would think that a God made it. It's superhuman, but you yeah. think yeah, it's super, these people it's, are it's, superhuman. Yeah, you, you, you talk I get about that. somebody like Larry Wheels. But this is also why like basketball can be amazing or football. You know, it's like any any sport where like someone is like deified because they've like accomplished something. I but, don't disagree with you, but because there is a strategic element to basketball and football, there are like there's no real strat. I mean, the strategy is how do you get that body, but like a lot of it relies on genetics. Right. A lot That's of it relies the, on the like beauty of bodybuilding. To me, yeah, it, it, exactly that. It is like these people are the like they're the most like perfect specimens yeah. of humanity. My problem, I guess, with that, I don't have a problem, but it's I wouldn't want to like start comparing it to other sports. I guess I wouldn't say it's a sport. I don't think so. It's in a class of its own. Yeah. It's like bodybuilding is a wholly unique thing. Yeah. And no, I like think a, it's, I'm fascinated by it, but it's also like the world's strongest competition where it's just like, literally it's just like, are you capable of being that strong or something? You know, but I under- that's a totally different, I understand that's totally different. Um, completely different because strength yeah. doesn't equal like Aesthetics, muscularity yeah. or whatever. But, um, it's like, um, I, I get nervous about things like that. Not nervous, but like I would be nervous to elevate it so much because it doesn't invite um, like people of any stripe. No, but but it, that's its beauty. The in a exclusivity way. Yeah. of it is like, yeah, that's exactly right. No, I get it. I do you have somebody yeah. like Phil Heath who's won Mr. Olympia seven times. It's just like that person has a genetic like disposition to be godlike i mean no it's so no i get totally beyond human yeah and it's not like i guess what it is like is it's not something that that more like should like aspire to but it's like a it's like a guinness world book of records thing though like what is that bodybuilding is a spectacle it's not oh it is yeah i guess that's what we get something that like does not exist beyond it is it is the spectacle to me it's the ultimate spectacle because you have these people that have or maybe not the ultimate but the They've sacrificed their their bodies completely. When you're a bodybuilder at the highest, when you're competing at the highest level, you are forever changed. You cannot go back to like when you when you're doing the amount of (laughs) you've committed, like the amount of testosterone, the amount of trimbolone, the amount of the sheer amount of steroids that these people are taking to achieve this like level of beyond humanity you you literally will never be able to your body can't naturally like replenish those 
So you have people that have literally sacrificed their personhood, their God, their this gets me to an ethical set. Like, why do we appreciate that? Why do we appreciate someone who's like sacrificed everything? Why do you appreciate any Paul Thomas Anderson movie about someone who is striving for perf- you? Because there's a part well, of, a there's a part thing. of that's every a representation. There. There's a part of every person that admires inhumanity. Oh, I I don't disagree. Yeah, what I'm saying, like, you know, when we talked about is to me the most like to to completely deny yourself your human instinct and to become something greater is the most beautiful action a person can take. But that's what's scary. I think that's like. Okay, you know how we were talking about the ethics and acting where it's like, okay, so like it's obviously the person who suffered the most or transformed the most that, you know. Yeah. So why is that Why is that the best? I don't think that's good. Like why is it good that we like appreciate people who I don't like, think it's ethically good, but it's my aesthetic preference. When I look at somebody like when I I don't see, think it's an uncommon the, one either. When I'm I look saying, at the, I, I think the that character, you, yeah. I mean the, the reason that the character Daniel Plainview is so powerful is because at some level like you want to be him. You want you want to be him, but you like also like see all his faults and so you feel better than him, but you also are so taken. Yeah, because this it's is so, a person. It's such an inch, person, that's what's so amazing about you want yeah. to, as a person. I think you want to be able to say that you have the self discipline and the capacity for sacrifice to be Daniel Plainview. And yet, the reality is, and the reality, it's the same reality of bodybuilding, is that only an infinitesimal luck. fraction. Of yeah, the, it, you have to have not, luck. The, the luck for There's sure. Luck to get the genetics. Daniel yeah. Plainview doesn't strike me as a person that's lucky. But like the, in bodybuilding, the genetics play a, a huge factor. But it's also like um, somebody you, in the men's physique competition, um, which is like a sort of different class from like the these huge massive dudes. You have people that you can actually just work incredibly hard and like compete at that level. It's not not people like Phil Heath. No one can touch them unless you have the genetics. But if you're competing there are in other like, categories there, yeah, there are. Okay. But that's, I think that's like an entirely separate conversation. When we're talking about somebody like Daniel Plainview, the, the <laughs> Daniel beauty of Plainview and bodybuilding yeah, degree, the, <laughs> the beauty of Daniel Plainview is that anybody could be them. If, if he, they cared enough, if they tried hard enough, if they were willing to give up their humanity to be that they could. And it's not like Daniel Plainview is the greatest person that's ever lived. It's not no. like he achieved even like an extraordinary amount of wealth or like power, but like his self-actualization, his self-perception, the amount of power that he presumed he had. Can you imagine feeling like that? That's what and everybody yet it's like. Wants. He's like a villain. He's a, yeah. He's a horrifying person. Yeah. But you want that. You want to have the amount of, just the sheer force of will because it's admirable because you yeah. can't, you know that it's, a, but it's you also a, feel above him in a way because I don't think I do. You don't think so? No, I think you feel you have to, because you're like the viewer, you, you understand like all of his faults in a way because they're like, give it like, because of the f- form of cinema, but you don't cinema like, allows you to like understand people in ways that you can't understand real people because they're cinematic constructs, and you of under- course, yeah. yeah, of course. Well, it's and not that, a- yeah, yeah. So I'm saying that just applies to. But I mean, like, care. What I meant though with yeah, all of yeah, this yeah. is that, um, 
like we appreciate Daniel Day Lewis yeah. as Daniel Plainview because he suffered in order to be Daniel Plainview. Yeah, yeah. You know, method acting is like a form of suffering, mm-hmm. and I'm saying like the ethics of like appreciating. I think someone it- suffering for us is like I. To me, you know, obviously you can make all sorts of aesthetic arguments that I would buy into, but ultimately it's sort of scary to me that we, uh, you know, on a fundamental level, it just seems like we appreciate people who suffer for us because it makes us better. I don't think I buy into the idea of, like, Daniel Day-Lewis suffering for us. He's doing it for himself. He's doing it because he wants to be the best actor, the best living But why is suffering the mode to get there? It, do you take a do you take an I mean, optimistic like, view as in like we're all someone sharing that I that see as the or? antithesis of Daniel yeah. Day Lewis is somebody like Chris Pratt. So uh, there was an, somebody conducted an interview with Chris Pratt not too long ago where um, it basically said something along the lines of like cinema is just a uh, people go to the movies to forget about their lives. I think that's bullshit. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when people are like, oh, it's a fantasy. It's just like yeah. you get away from the like the, the their bullshit. I don't. Line. Yeah. Not only do I think it's like bullshit for us i think it's like not even close to like why normal God. people go to the movies like i don't it's hard for me to know why nor i don't mean normies. to be like i know i know but with movies it's just one of those things where like i was so engaged from a young age that like i went to like school for it mm-hmm. i like worked at like you know repertory cinemas for it i engaged in the programming with it i'm like deep in the culture so it's hard for me to know like why people go to superhero movies and that's not a knock it's I I don't know what what people get out of it, which is funny because I get so much out of Star Wars movies. Yeah, but, you're like really involved in that whole not necessarily that culture, but like that uh that like cinematic preference. I, yeah, what what it is with Star Wars for me is um, it's I think with people with maybe uh um superheroes is that the comics have like a history that are important to a lot of people. And for me, Star Wars never had the comment. It wasn't adaptational. Right. It was Star Wars was, was a, a genesis. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you're interested in movies, like it to me, it seems really false not to be interested in Star Wars because of its mass ability to capture people's imagination, and it um, just at a fundamental level, like that, like what we've been talking about, pornography, it captures my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those people. Um, and I got swept in in an unusual way. It was because of Star Wars Galaxies. Oh. Yeah. Rest in peace to Right, me. yeah, rest in peace, yeah. So, like, um, my appreciation of Star Wars has to do a lot with, like, how other people are appreciating it because, like, my intro- my my love for Star Wars comes from a video game that failed. Yeah. 
You know, it's like a weird video game that was like really Seriously, important. Seriously, rest to... in peace, Star Wars Galaxy. No, yeah, it was probably the best video game I've ever played besides like Ocarina of Time. Or maybe it was the MMO that yeah, I loved the most. Sure. Like the way that you like, you know, Vanilla WoW to me, Star Wars Galaxies was that because it gave me a kind of freedom. Yeah. It, it introduced me to concepts like lying and like betraying your guild and yeah. like creating cities and off like of that economies to economy like, yeah and like well let's do a, like an mmo episode we'll do an mmo but yeah. i guess what i'm saying is like star wars like my in, oh, my my gateway to star wars is so different than like people who love the movies or love the prequels because that's they were kids when they came yeah. out and there was all this hype or they loved like you know just like the you know like coder or whatever like um it's so my appreciation of it comes from like, you know, but like that's the thing about Star Wars and that's the thing about movies. Like you bring all of your, you know, your unusual um, experiences that, you know, define who you are, you bring, but it just happens to be that, that one entity, that one IP is yeah. like, at, like able to like, you know, take in all of these different experiences. But Star Wars is that to me. So I'm very aware of that. Like, I'm not like deeply interested what I loved about The Last Jedi was just, like, how much it fucking played with, like, people, like, like fan service. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. Yikes. You still seen- Yikes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but anyway, I, not to get into that. Back on track to what was already completely off topic is, like, wh- why... <laughs> We're in our recommendations right now, by the way. I know. We're just having why fun, man. Suffering, um... <laughs> Like why suffering, suffering is like podcast. necessary for maybe not necessary, but why it's like uh, the optimal okay. mode of like um, oh communic. God. To me, suffering is the optimal mode of communicating effort because there's nothing like effortful about. You don't create your own joy; you just experience it. It doesn't matter. Like you can you can do things that you know that you enjoy. But it's an entirely different experience than doing something that, like, you know will cause you pain right. for the betterment of yourself. Well, okay. So that, to me, is the most admirable quality that there is, is, like, understanding that, like, something is going to hurt you, but it will also improve you. That's, that is, to me, like, the essence of growth. Oh, God. I mean, it's like, I don't not, that, that sways me in a way that's uncomfortable. Because, um... I think, like, as an artist, I can make something that's, like, like, that exhibits suffering. And that, like, and like that makes suffering available I mean, suffering to can be a spectacle, but too. It's, it doesn't yeah, have to be, but like, that's, a truth. Right, but it's, like, that's, you know, it's, like, I can um, embellish things that I'm feeling to make it more... So, but, like, ultimately, you don't have to be an agent... You don't have to suffer to be an agent of that expression. And, I, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, but like a lot of these, like you know, like um, I don't. I'll put it this way: like I don't respect David Blaine because he sat in an ice block for you know forty eight hours or whatever, some stupid shit. Well, because like it that. was dumb. It was for yeah, nothing. That's dumb. But it's like, but I respect does, bodybuilders who go through decades of constant pain. You look at somebody like Dennis Wolf. But isn't it weird? You like give them right? Like you feel like to me, it's like I don't like. I'll be honest, that sounds like a stupid thing to me. But the way you explain it, it feels compulsive. Like at the same, I'm yeah. talking about feelings. I'm not yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, I don't think this. Yeah. But feeling, it's just like, why would anyone do that? At the same time, I'm holding a compulsory feeling of wow. Yeah. Appreciation. 
this person. But why? Is- why do I appreciate someone like I? You know, like real appreciation is like you for not like being obsessed with bodybuilding so much that you can't be a accessible and contributive roommate. Mm-hmm. Like if you were that guy, I would probably hate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, yeah. if I don't know you, I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's what, that's the problem to me is like real human values, the values that really matter to the way you live. It, you know, like you wouldn't respect that guy. Well, that guy think- would be so self-obsessed in your mind because he couldn't contribute anything to you because he's so obsessed with his body. I'm not necessarily. And that's what sure. ha- it's like. Do you think like anyone like who would really like Daniel Day Lewis as a friend or like as, <laughs> as a, like a someone that you have to work with professionally? Where he's just like gone for months at a time. Yeah. Did you watch that Jim Carrey documentary on Netflix? Like when he, he did uh, when he did Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he sucked. Yeah. And like obviously he seems like a cool guy outside of it, but like. I don't appreciate what he did. That it just sucked. How much does like? I don't think you at have the end to, of the yeah. day, like it. it comes art down is artifice. You, you can't it, like it doesn't. The method acting thing is like a real confusion of metaphors of what you're doing. I you think. don't have to like admire somebody that they're doing it. They're not doing it for you. They're not Daniel. I don't think Daniel Day Lewis. No, is I. Doing it I for, mean, I agree. I'm, in one way, he is, and in one way, he isn't. Like obviously. He he's only get, doing, he's doing it for you in the sense that acting is necessarily performative. But like, I think he's what doing if it he had us. chosen another discipline? Yeah, he, he does still, it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like not. he could have just done. He could have just been the best at something else. Like he chose acting because that's you know whatever like set of environmental factors influenced him into being an actor. Yeah, he could have been. Maybe he could have been a body bodybuilder. You know, you know, like <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just think that like. The, the extraordinary thing about people like Daniel Day-Lewis and the extraordinary thing about people like bodybuilders isn't what they do. It's the amount of discipline and self-sacrifice that they exhibit. And it's like you can almost completely remove their what, what art they've chosen. And it's still the, you admire them as people because they're so willing to give Every of course you don't yeah. want to be Daniel Day. Everything you're friend. saying is like what that that's you what makes it ethi- that's what makes it an ethical debate. Is that like yeah, it doesn't it literally doesn't matter what they're doing, but we're appreciating their suffering even though like if you were someone in the real nexus of their life, that suffering would hurt you. So we're yes. appreciating an agent of pain even though he's like accomplishing something that is beautiful to some people. It's like how do you manage because the, the, how do you manage the product versus the product of the spectacle versus the values that person obviously is like disengaging and that you would not respect? Because there's a part of every person, maybe not every person, but there's a, a very real part of myself that just like you're a human. And when you can deny the part of yourself that's human, it makes you something other and like. I, I'm not disagreeing with like the the fact that you can like get caught up in a the spectacle because yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, dis, I'm yeah. definitely not like. I'm trying to think of immune to, from like, this. I'm just saying that um, that's the that's the trouble when people like talk about acting ethics. It's like a larger exploration about performative ethics, mm-hmm. and people it's, don't want to get into it because it's like 
It's, I don't want to hurt people in my it's life. Super troubling. Why I, yeah. Why do I admire yeah, these people so much? Right. Yeah. It's super. I'm not saying that that's the easy answer is to stop performing because then you actually hurt but it's other people too. To like think that Daniel Day Lewis is hurting people. Maybe he's just a complete like isolationist. I mean, it's I true. Know. I don't know really much about his. He keeps his personal life shrouded. I'm, a lot of the yeah, I know, yeah. that like you, you follow. They have like, I mean like somebody like Larry Wheels who's made the transition from powerlifting into bodybuilding he has a whole community built around him he's like kind to people he's involved in like um making like his his life accessible to people he's got, yeah he's clearly has close friends you can devote your life to something and still be able to like sustain relationships the problem is like why did this person have to suffer to be able to help so many people because he wanted to i mean because that's what's meaningful to him there's but, a selfishness. Yeah. There's an there's an aspect of selfishness to humanity too that you can't deny. Like if you are denying what you what makes you feel powerful, then like it's you're almost being unethical. But to that's yourself. so much different than like that that's evaluation that's like antithetical to the valuation of like oh that person's suffering, right? Like so like maybe Daniel how Lewis do you, isn't suffering. Maybe bodybuilders aren't because just because somebody. I experience pain when I work out. I think this is a great, no, I think this is a great, um, like perspective because Mm -hmm. it's pain does not equate to suffering. Okay. So yeah. So so, like, no, it's isolation. Does that person may not be suffering because, okay. Like say, um, Danny day Lewis isn't suffering. Like he actually doesn't feel any suffering when he's, you know, or yeah. like, I want to go Leonardo DiCaprio with the Revenant. Cause I don't know why you would win that performance unless it was like, he actually was there, but, yeah. but maybe he wasn't suffering. Maybe he like is really cool with cold or whatever. Yeah. Because we don't know that. <laughs> yeah. We don't, I literally don't know if he suffered or not. Like you don't know that. So we just, but we assume he's suffering and we reward him. For our assumptions, yes, that is a that's the that's, pro- that's an, more of that's the interesting problem. Yeah, yeah it's like a, I don't troubling. know if that bodybuilder suffered. He like when you say he suffered, you know, I'm just taking he you experienced I'm, pain. I'm taking you at your that's value because I don't. Truth, yeah, I don't know anything about bodybuilding, so I'm just taking you at your like yeah. your word when he said he suffered. But really, what's more interesting is that we appreciate suffering, suffering, even yeah. though we don't know if that guy suffered. And literally, it wouldn't matter if he did or didn't because yeah. it's the your perception of suffering is like yeah, well, maybe that's the thing too. But that's like, what's scary is like why do we want to appre- like at the end of the day? I don't really care if that guy suffered or not. What I care about is why do we appreciate the assumption that he did? Mm-hmm. And to me, it all comes down to um, a depreciation of the artist, right? Like if the artist suffered to do this, it was like he, some guy suffered. To make you like, oh God, how do I, it's like, it to me, it's just like, I have really pessimistic views about this. Like if you would be delighted in your worst self, if someone suffered to like do something for you, like, oh, I like suffered to make this grilled cheese. It was like, it took me forever to find the cheese because like the dairy farm was closed. I had to go somewhere out of town. I got the bread and I came back and like the, the gas wasn't working. I had to work on the gas. You know, it's like this person still, their objective is to please you yeah, and they suffer to do it. And so like their suffering is like it. It's some sort of like token of them yeah. wanting to like please you. And so that like ridiculous example can actually be like plant like planted on actors 
or bodybuilders. Sure, yeah. Not saying that they actually suffered, but our assumptions. Yeah, and so yeah. I think our assumptions when we watch art are highly not looked at. And it's important that we do because when we don't, I think our when we don't inspect every act, like everything that we're involved in, like it's it's a good rule of thumb to assume that we're using our least like empathetic capacities. Yeah. Right. This is why like I always like go on this like animal rights thing because we like so many people just don't really even. It's one thing like you, for instance, where it's like you are to me someone who's like completely engaged in this issue and have a very unusual ethical stance to why it, like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or like not that it doesn't, it's like the fact that you're willing to engage me on it and, and not in like a combative, like angry way makes me think like you're very unusual about this. But I think most people just don't want to connect that like the hamburger came from like a cow that's yeah. like super smart. That's smarter I, than they yeah, think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a whole different, you know, and that's sort of what I'm thinking with, you know, with acting. It's like, oh, it's like we don't want to we don't want to think about why that person suff like why we appreciate that person suffering because that would mean that we have to like really think about our status obsessions. Yeah. Because ultimately like the reason why Daniel Day-Lewis is so good or like Leonardo DiCaprio is so good in that role is because like that they like they gave us something. Yeah. And so we're better than them. Even though you don't think that it's like, oh, these guys are God acting, blah, blah, blah. It's like the experience of watching them act is like you're greater than them. And no one wants to really interact with that because it means that they have like um, their representation. The way they want the world to be represented to them is that they're better as opposed to that they're in the world with other people. That's what's scary to me. That's what's scary to me about Oscar. I guess we didn't really get into this, but like when we reward people rewarding people for art and i think bodybuilding can be an art Mm -hmm. i think it's scary to me that we would like have like preferences that are so ideal that i understand it's like good because like people reach towards the ideal but to like reward people um is scary to me because it you know it generally means that we're rewarding people who like we perceive to have suffered because we, we still haven't engaged with that ethic hmm I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I think that's like something that I need to inspect deeply. I don't know. I just came up with it. What's your recommendation? <laughs> what is your recommendation? Um, I've been doing a lot right now, so let me just go through. Like, I've been learning Python, so that book was really good. The um, it's like a crash course in Python. I think it's literally called a crash course in Python. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I've been reading a book about options for like six months now to like make it all work. But I think what I would recommend you're like 10 pages in. So, <laughs> and, um, what would I recommend? I'd recommend going to a therapist right now. Hmm. That would be my recommendation. Um, I think a lot of people think that you go to a therapist and like, they're just going to like, let you talk and they're not going to like, you know, like you're gonna waste money by just talking to someone you could obviously just talk to otherwise. Yeah. But um, one, you need to find someone who um, matches with your personality a little bit, who's like able to understand like your directions of thought. But like two, like what it is with therapy, it's just someone who's just like gonna sit there and be like, "Why do you feel that?" Yeah. For me, what happens is that you know there'll be some, you know 
thing I'm upset about? And my therapist, why do you feel that? And I go on a tangent, or like, what do you feel, rather? And I'll go on a tangent and just completely dismiss the question. It'll be like, why do you feel sad that this person hurt you? And I'll be like, well, you know, like, this was a situation and blah, blah, blah. And it'll be like, no, 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 why do you, do you feel sad? What do you feel right now? And having someone just, like, pointedly, like, punching you in the face about your feelings, it's not, it's not about, like, self, like, congratulation or something, you know. It's really just to, like, make you realize that there are these, these deep-seated feelings that you just assume everyone knows about. Yeah. And that you know about and that, like, you don't have to think about because they're deeply so. It turns out most, you know, people are completely complex. Their um, realities growing up and the way they live their lives are completely different from each other because there's an infinite amount of ways you can live your life and think about things. Um, and so the assumptions that you have are generally like really wild, even if they seem tame. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's been ama- It's been like liberating because uh, I've finally been able to voice some of like my deepest fears. And even though I'm still guarded, I'm still not unguarded, but like, you know, it's combative. It's like, yeah. I'm clearly coming in. Like I want to be do good, blah, blah, blah. But like, if something hits me a little too hard, I dodge it. Or I, you know, not lie, but like I tell a, like a seventy-five percent truth. Yeah, that gets away me. That gets me away from that question. But um, every time I come out of it, I'm I like at least even if I like was like playing games in it session, I come out being like, oh, I, f- like I am. This is a real problem. Yeah. And um. Any time, like what you're saying, anytime that you can like solve a problem with yourself to get better. Yeah. I think it's just a great mode for self-improvement because you really need someone else to look at you and not like judge you. There's no judgments. It's literally just like, why do you feel that? Yeah. And like you have to think about it and you realize like why you thought it was assumptive was because it made it so that you didn't have to think about it, but it really just isn't widespread. So that's what I don't know. Like right now, that's like probably the best self improvement thing in my life because it's making me realize that um, a lot of my pain just comes from me um, not recognizing that I hold these like crazy fantasies about that, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like I just have to completely disengage those and think about the next step, um, and that's made me so much more productive and so much happier. Um, and you know, there's still thing. There's still a lot in my life I haven't explored yet, even though it's been like four months that I've been going. Um, I don't know. I would just, you know, I just think it's good to like always advocate for mental health. I don't disagree. Yeah. So that's my experience. That's a good recommendation. <laughs> so that's what I would recommend. <laughs> or just read books. I don't know. I could recommend a book, but let's not. Python or therapy. You choose, listener. <laughs> but that's all we've got for tonight. I mean, it's not all <laughs> we got. It's definitely not all we got, <laughs> but it's all we're like willing to do. We've got a, like a quarter bottle of vodka left, and uh, I'll be real. It's not for you guys. So. No. <laughs> uh, Do you want to eat? Are you hungry at all? Uh, I guess we all. can cook now. The Do you want to make like done. quesadillas? We have all that Swiss cheese and tortillas. We might as well. Anyways, we'll see you next time on the Codex West podcast. We're going to figure out whether or not we're making quesadillas right now. No, we're not figuring it out. We're figuring out how. (laughs) 
All right. Peace. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a good one and all that shit.